please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. You get a minute, go over there, check it out. Today we're sending our thoughts and prayers to our friends in New Zealand who are the victims of that terrible terrorist attack. I don't understand how people can go into a church or a temple or a mosque and do violence against others. I just don't understand that. But our condolences to all those involved and all those who have lost their lives. You and your families, you're in our thoughts and in our prayers here. And I'd like to say kudos, give a good pat on the back to the police for their quick work in catching those four morons. I hope they get everything that they deserve. Actually, I think justice in this case is to turn them over to the victims' families. Let the victims' families take care of them. That's what I would do. I know that's what I'd want to do if it was one of my family members. Uh, Let's move on here. So how are you feeling today, my friend? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You're doing better than you did yesterday, I hope? Well, that's good. We got a good one for you today. We got a couple of good things going on here. First off, I do have a reminder from Social Security. I'll give that to you right now. They want to remind you that we're right in the middle of tax season. And there's nothing worse than coming up on the April 15th to file your taxes and then realizing you're missing a piece of paper that you need to complete it. So they want to remind you that you can get your SSA 1099 or 1042S tax form right online. That's right. All you have to do is go in, go to www.ssa.gov and open up a My Social Security account and you can print the copy of those forms right online. The SSA 1099, that's the form that they usually mail you that tells you how much money you made last year through Social Security, how much you paid to Medicare and so on and so forth. And you need that for your taxes. That's your, that's like your W-2 for your taxes. <laughs> So if you missed it, if you didn't get it in the mail or you misplaced it, don't freak out over it. You don't have to go to Social Security and wait on those lines. You don't have to call them and wait on hold for three days. You can just go right online. Let's go to www.ssa.gov. Open up your own My Social Security account and you can print your forms right out right there on your computer and your printer right in the comfort of your own home. No, no need to worry. No need to freak out. Get it done. Get your taxes done. And look for your refund. <laughs> Hopefully this year, right? It's no secret that when you became disabled, your whole way of life changed. Now, I'm not talking about financially, although we know that changed. But I'm talking about just the dynamics of your life, the things that you do on a daily basis. All of that changed. Because when you became disabled, you became a bit sedentary, right? You're not getting up like you used to get up and get dressed and running out the door, going to work. You're home. So you're getting up, and some people might say leisurely. And you you might go into the kitchen, put on a pot of coffee, make a cup of tea or something, and watch other people go to work. 
and then you, you're there, and you end up sitting in front of the TV, you're watching the TV, oh, we just become sedentary, and it affects all parts of our body. It, it affects parts of our body that weren't affected to begin with. Like you may end up with pains in your back and in your arms and in your hands and in your feet. You, you end up with high blood pressure just from sitting around, no exercise. And depending on what, you, what you're eating and if you're drinking any kind of alcohol or if you're smoking or if you're a diabetic or anything like that, your blood pressure gets affected. You know, if you're eating high sugar, high salt, again, your blood pressure gets affected. And sometimes we just can't help it. And it's the same thing even with the eating. I mean, a lot of times as disabled people, we eat out of boredom believe it or not, because we're sitting there, we're watching TV, you're watching, uh, I don't know, The Maury Show or Jerry Springer or something like that, and you, you're bored. You're bored to tears. You know, there's just so many times you can watch transvestites from Mars, Maury, this isn't my kid, Maury, this isn't my kid, you are the father. You, there's just so many times you can watch that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you start looking for things to do, and the easiest thing for you to do is to shove food in your mouth. It makes you feel good on some on some basis. But that's part of the problem. And then that in itself raises our blood sugar. And it also raises our weight. Puts us in line for diabetes, which affects our blood sugar, which affects our veins and our arteries, which affects our heart. I mean, once you become disabled, it's, you may have a physical disability. Maybe you, you fell and you... you hurt your back really bad or you blew out a, a couple of discs but once you're disabled and you're sitting down your health deteriorates and there's no way to really get around it but there are ways to slow it down to control the progression of deterioration you know and your doctor can tell you that and it doesn't always have to be medication or anything like that there's a lot of little things that you can do so we're going to look at a couple of different things here one thing I want to bring out is, I don't know if you've heard this. I know they've advertised it. I've read it in uh, papers and studies. But sitting, constantly sitting, sitting all day is tantamount to, to smoking a pack of cigarettes. You, it's, it's just as bad for you to sit all day as it is to smoke a pack of cigarettes. It's bad for your health. You have to move around. You have to get that circulation going. So if you're able to walk, if you're able to move around, even if you can't move that far, to move around in the house, you know, walk from the living room to the kitchen, from the kitchen to the dining room, from the dining room to the bedroom, just so you get some circulation going in there. And if you're not able to walk, like I have a problem here, I'm in a wheelchair. So I make sure that I don't just stay in one place. I use my arms to get around the house. I get out of the chair and switch to another chair. Um, but I'm moving constantly. If you just park yourself in one spot and stay there, like in my case, if I was to get up in the morning, park myself in my recliner and wait for my wife to come home at night, I'd end up killing myself. Not... <laughs> Not just by, you know, hitting myself in the head with a bat, but from a health point of view, I'd end up killing myself because my, my insides would just go stagnant. You're not getting the blood flowing. You got to keep the blood flowing in your body. That's number one. That is the biggest thing you can do. Your doctor will tell you that. It's just that important. And like I said, if you can't walk, there's other things you can do. You ever see those bicycles? The, it's a set of pedals. Then they usually put it in front of your seat and that you can pedal. 
Now, if you can't use your legs like that, here's something else you can do with that. You, if you could get a, you know, get that kit with the pedals, put it on your table and use your hands. Just get the circulation going in your body. That's the most important thing, keeping the circulation going. Another thing now, do you know that if your blood pressure is 140 over 90, you're considered to have high blood pressure. That's right. I always thought high blood pressure was like 160 over 110. No, if you're 140 over 90, that's considered high blood pressure according to the American Heart Association. And that has to be looked at. It has to be handled. It has to be treated. Now, I don't know if you have it. And if you don't, maybe you might want to look into it, but you can get a blood pressure machine for your house. And they're relatively inexpensive. They're battery operated. You wrap it around your upper arm, you push a button, it inflates the sleeve, and it gives you your blood pressure. And now you can monitor it yourself. Now I've just bought a second one that's easier to put on than the arm one, for me anyway. It goes on your wrist. And I think I paid something like $20 for it at, at one of the major drugstores. But I can check my, my blood pressure any time of the day. Now I was reading a a study in medical news today about high blood pressure and some of the ways you can kind of try to avoid adding more drugs into your regimen daily and something you can try something that you can try on your own to lower your blood sh uh, your blood pressure would be napping believe it or not now i'm by napping i mean taking a 60 minute nap in the middle of the day and a nap nap though turn off the tv turn off the radio shut out the lights and just lay down and get yourself a nice little power nap and a 60 minute power nap and you'll see you feel good the rest of the day number one number two doing that on a daily basis can lower your blood pressure by five to seven points believe that or not i mean there's other things involved like do you smoke are you a diabetic uh do you do you drink alcohol you know all these things come into play but before you go running off and going crazy try napping to lower your blood pressure that's what they tell you in this study by medical news today a 60 minute nap can do it now i'm not talking about spend your day sleeping hour on end no no that's not gonna do it that's just gonna make things worse but a 60 minute nap now another thing too is getting a good night's sleep a lot of people make the mistake they go into bed they turn on the tv and they give you the excuse well the tv is gonna put me to sleep no it's not no, it's not. You may, you may doze off because your eyes get tired from watching it, but you're never going to get a good night's sleep with the TV blaring in the background because even though you're asleep, you're still hearing that noise. You're not getting a good sleep. For you to get a good sleep, you go into bed, you shut the lights out, you turn the TVs off, the radios off, and you go to bed. That's what the bedroom's for go to bed. If you want to sit up and watch TV, that's that's your thing. Go ahead, sit up and watch TV. When it comes time for bed, everything goes off. And by getting that good night's sleep, you're going to see how good you feel the next morning. And that can also affect your blood pressure. But try this napping. A 60-minute nap can lower your blood pressure by five to seven points. It's definitely worth it. Actually, I just got this study today. I'm trying it tomorrow. I'm going to try this tomorrow. I'm going to try taking a 60-minute nap somewhere around 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and see if it does anything for my blood pressure because I'm on, I'm on all kinds of high blood pressure medication. So if I can lower it even with the medication 
and lower and lower it even more, I'm gold. Maybe I can get to the point where I don't have to take blood pressure medication anymore. I'm taking an ACE inhibitor. Or I'm taking uh, diuretics, and it, it, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Who you who wants to do all of that? And if you can if you can lower your blood pressure by taking a nap, I say go for it. I like anything that's easy to work. Like go to sleep, make it work. And just one more thing I want to add about checking your blood sugar. If you can't afford to buy the machine right now, just about every major chain store, drugstore has a blood pressure machine in the store itself that you can use for free. Like Walmart. Walmart has one too. So there's plenty of places, plenty of ways that you can check your blood pressure. And next time you're a doctor, ask your doctor to write your prescription for a blood pressure machine. Maybe your insurance will cover it. But it's definitely worth checking, no matter what, because like they say, high blood pressure is a silent killer that can lead to stroke, heart attack, the last thing you need, right? So maintain maintain your blood pressure and just take care of it. Be proactive with your health, okay? Let's move on. All right, we were talking earlier about eating snacks throughout the day and eating Feeling like you're hungry when you're not really hungry. Well, I got a report here from Medical News today, and it's a list of the best high-protein snacks. It says many people turn to protein snacks to avoid hunger between meals. However, some snacks are more nutritious and less likely than others to damage a person's health if eaten regularly. If chosen carefully, snacks can have good nutrients without containing substances that can cause a person harm. Also, it is important to choose a variety of protein sources, including many plant-based proteins. Snacks with high protein are typically seen as good choice because protein keeps people satiated, meaning they feel fuller for longer. According to the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, protein is also an important micronutrient that maintains a variety of bodily functions. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, most people in the U.S. eat enough protein, but many do not eat protein from a variety of sources. Protein snacks are a good way of varying the types of this essential nutrient that a person has in their diet, as well as containing a high amount of protein, which will help a person feel fuller for longer. The following snacks typically contain a variety of good nutrients. They are also relatively low in salt, sugar, saturated fats, and trans fats. Okay, first on our list here is nuts. Nuts can be an excellent source of protein. For example, a quarter cup of almonds has 7.56 grams of protein, around 10% of the person's recommended daily allowance, the RDA. Almonds also contain good amounts of fiber, which helps improve cardiovascular health, and vitamin E, which helps reduce cell damage and boost the immune system. Nuts are a good snack for vegetarians, vegans, and people with gluten-free diets. Number two, pulses. Pulses are high in protein and can be a convenient snack when dried or roasted. For example, a quarter cup of chickpeas has 3.63 grams of protein, around 5% of the person's RDA. Chickpeas are also a good source of fiber, iron, vitamin B, and magnesium. They are a suitable snack for vegetarians, vegans, and people on a gluten-free diet. Number three, fish. Fish have a high amount of protein. For example, 50 grams of canned tuna contains 13.27 grams of protein, around 20% of a person's RDA. Oily fish, including tuna, 
are also a good source of omega-3 fatty acids that help prevent cardiovascular disease. People should consume tuna in moderation, however, as it contains higher amounts of mercury than other fish. This is an issue for pregnant females and children in particular. Eggs. Boiled eggs is a convenient snack and contains a good amount of protein. This is 6.29 grams of protein, approximately 10% of the person's RDA. As well as being high in protein, the yolk of free-range eggs from hens reared outdoors is also a good source of vitamin D. Number 5. Seeds. Seeds are high in protein and are great for snacking on throughout the day. For example, pumpkin seeds have 5.94 grams of protein per half cup, just under 10% of the person's RDA. Pumpkin seeds contain a variety of other oils, minerals, and vitamins that contribute to the person's overall health. They are a good snack for vegetarians, vegans, and people on gluten-free diets. Peanut butter is number six on the list here. Peanut butter is high in protein and can be a convenient snack. Peanut butter contains 3.84 grams of protein per tablespoon. Some peanut butters have added sugar and salt, but is readily available without these additions or with minimal amounts. If a person does not enjoy the flavor of peanuts, other nut spreads are also available and have similar benefits. These include almond and cashew butters or mixed nut butters. Nut butters are a good snack for vegetarians, vegans, and people on gluten-free diets. Greek yogurt, that's number seven. Greek yogurt is an excellent source of protein. A 200-gram serving has 18 grams of protein, which is around 27% of the person's RDA. Greek yogurt is also a good source of calcium, which is essential for a person's bone health, and vitamin B12, which helps keep the person's nerves and blood cells functioning well. Greek yogurt is a quick, easy, and tasty snack and can go with fruit or with nuts and seeds for an even more of a protein boost. Adding protein to the diet. If a person is a vegetarian or a vegan, or if they are following a gluten-free diet, getting enough protein can be a challenge. This is because meats and other animal products are relatively high in protein, and gluten is a protein itself that often contributes to a significant amount of the person's daily intake. However, there is many sources of protein that are plant-based and do not contain any gluten. Nuts, seeds, pulses are all relatively high in protein and they can easily be added to a variety of meats or eaten as snacks. In summary, snacks high in protein help a person stay feeling fuller for longer. On top of this, many protein snacks are an excellent source of other nutrients. As with all food groups, what is important is getting a variety of types of protein, prioritizing protein sources that are nutrient-rich, such as many plant-based proteins. Well, that makes sense. And if that can help us stay less hungry, keep us feeling fuller longer, then we might not want to snack throughout the day. It's something to look into, right? All right, you know what? Let's take a little bit of a break here. We'll be back in 30 seconds, and I'll catch you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast, and there you're going to find connections to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. You're going to find 
connections to our private chat board, our private chat rooms. You're also going to find that we're sponsored now by As Seen on TV, and there's a lot of products displayed on the page for you to check out. So you get a minute, go over there, check out www.famousapple.com. Tell your friends about us, but don't go until we finish the conversation. Let's get back to it. And we're back. That wasn't too bad, right? 30 seconds. No big thing. All right, I want to look at another scenario here. Now, you just came out of the hospital, or you've been home from the hospital, but the doctor wants you off your feet, and finally, you get to that point where you can get up and you start moving around, but you realize, hey, my ankle hurts. Why does my ankle hurt? Well, I have a report here from Medical News Today that gives you a couple of reasons why your ankle might hurt that you might not have noticed. It says, why, why does my ankle hurt? person's ankle might hurt for many reasons, from minor injuries to chronic medical conditions such as arthritis. Ankle pain can stem from a variety of injuries to the bones, muscles, and soft tissue structures that support the ankle. Depending on the cause, the pain can feel like a sharp shooting pain or a dull ache. People may also notice swelling around the ankle bone. Minor injuries such as ankle strains and sprains are a common cause of ankle pain. People can often treat minor injuries at home, but they should see a doctor about suspected medical conditions or injuries that might get in the way of their daily life. This article discusses some of the common reasons why a person's ankle may hurt as well as how to relieve the pain. The first one on the list here is the Achilles tendon rupture. The Achilles tendon is a strong band of tissue that connects the heel bone to the calf muscle. The tendon can tear or rupture due to overstretching when running or exercising or after a fall. Taking corticosteroids or certain antibiotics, such as Cipro, can also increase the likelihood that a person will experience a tendon rupture. Symptoms of an Achilles ten tendon rupture include reduced range of motion, pain that occurs suddenly in the ankle or the calf, a popping or snapping sensation in the ankle, problems standing on tippy toes or walking upstairs, swelling in the back of the leg or the ankle. In many cases, Achilles tendon rupture requires surgery to correct. Number two is an ankle fracture. An ankle fracture is a break of one or more of the bones in the ankle, such as the tibia or fibula. The fracture can be one clean break or it can be a break or it can break the bone into small pieces. Symptoms of an ankle fracture include pain that can radiate throughout the lower leg, swelling at the ankle and beyond, blistering all over the injury site, difficulty walking or moving the foot, a broken bone pushing through the skin. Yeesh. Treatments for an ankle fracture depend on the injury's severity and location of the fracture. Surgery is not always necessary. Ankle sprain or strain. Sprains and strains are both types of soft tissue damage. Both can cause significant pain and discomfort depending on the severity. A sprain is an overstretching or tearing of a ligament, which is a band of tough tissue that joins bones together. Sprains can range from partial to complete. A strain is an injury to the muscle or tendon. The tendons are tough cords that attach muscles to the bone. Strains can range from a small overstretch to a complete tear. Ankles are a common area for sprains and strains as they are complex joints and endures a lot of daily movement. Symptoms of the ankle sprain or strain include a popping or snapping sound, instability of the ankle joint, swelling, tenderness, and 
These types of injuries usually occur during physical activities, such as playing a sport or running. Now, this next one, they have a picture here with which I'm going to post on the website. It's kind of disgusting. Is gout. Gout is a form of arthritis that occurs due to buildup of uric acid crystals in the body. Gout commonly affects the foot and the ankle, especially a person's big toe. Symptoms of gout include pain that is usually worse at night or immediately after waking up, swelling around the ankle, and warmth over the ankle joint. People with a family history of gout are more likely to have this condition. Other conditions that increase the risk of gout include diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure. Taking medicines such as diuretics and niacin can also increase the risk. The next one is infections. A previous cut, trauma, or surgery can allow bacteria to enter the skin or joint around the ankle and cause an infection. Symptoms of an ankle infection include fatigue and feeling generally unwell, fever, pain, redness, swelling, warmth. A doctor may prescribe oral or intravenous antibiotics depending on the infection severity. People should try to seek treatment for an infection as quickly as possible to ensure that it does not get worse. Osteoarthritis. Arthritis is a wearing down of the protective cartilage in the ankle. This can cause the bones to rub against each other, leading to pain and instability in the ankle joint. Symptoms of osteoarthritis include ankle pain, growth of bony areas around the ankle joint, stiffness, swelling, trouble walking or bending on the ankle. Osteoarthritis gets worse over time, but treatment can slow it down or stop the progression of the condition. The next one is a flat foot disorder. Acquired flat foot disorder, also called fallen arches or posterior tibial tendon dysfunction, that's a mouthful, usually affects one foot only and is a disorder of the tendon that supports the foot's arch. Flat foot disorder causes the arch of the foot to come into contact with the ground. Symptoms of flat foot disorder include flattening of the foot's arch, pain on the outside of the foot, pain when doing activities that challenge the tendon, such as hiking, climbing stairs, or running, rolling the ankle inward, swelling around the foot and the ankle. Flat foot disorder is usually progressive, meaning that it gets worse over time. However, doctors can often correct it using non-surgical treatment. Rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disorder that causes the immune system to attack joint linings called synovium. According to the Arthritis Foundation, an estimated 90% of the people with rheumatoid arthritis experience problems with their feet and ankle. Symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis include difficulty moving the ankle, pain, and swelling. The condition can also affect the hands, wrists, neck, back, and other joints. Rheumatoid arthritis gets worse over time but people can control the symptoms and prevent the conditions from progressing by taking certain medications. Now, if you're experiencing any of these things with your feet, you know, it says here that you might not have to go to a doctor right away, but if you're disabled and you're experiencing pain like this, I suggest that you go to the doctor right away. You never know if this has something to do with your disability. If you're disabled due to an accident, it might have happened in the accident. You want to cover all bases. So I don't believe so much in home remedies, not right off the bat, not when you're disabled because you can hurt something else with the home remedies. But if, if you're experiencing any 
of these symptoms, I suggest you go directly to your doctor. I'll tell you this real quick. You know, what's described here, these, these are real pains, real pains. And as many of you know, I have a leg amputated. And that started out, that started out, no real pain. It was just, I had a blister on my big toe. And, you know, who thinks about it? It's a blister. Big deal. When I was in the shower and I was washing, I rubbed it and it burst and there was blood all over the place. It looked like a scene at a psycho and I couldn't get it to stop bleeding. And I ended up going to the doctor. They sent me to wound care. Long story short, it was a hole in my foot. The diabetes had gotten to me and I had my leg amputated. So you don't want to mess with it. You're getting these pains in your feet. Your feet are very important. So don't, don't mess with it. Don't look away from it. Don't try to fix it on your own. That's why you have doctors. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Let him look at it. Let them check it. Let her do what she has to do to it. But don't you try to do it yourself. Again, you can hurt yourself even more. Now, one more thing I want to tell you. I got an email. Well, I got a, I got a boatload of emails this week that I have to answer. And I got an email, though, from one person that said, why do you give these reports on the podcast from this medical news place? I give it so you, you have the information. You have these tools in your toolbox. I'm helping. I'm trying to help you live a happy and healthier life with your disability. Be aware of what's going on around you with your body so that you can be proactive with your health. When you go to the doctor and he starts spouting off some of this stuff, you can say, wow, I heard that before. Or you can go to the doctor and say, is this, is this something to do with this? Because I heard this on a podcast. It's just tools. It's just information. And I want to share it with you because no one ever shared it with me. I had to find these things out on my own. And it's not easy. When you're trying to do it on your own, it's not easy. And that's why we're here. Now, I want to let you know about some things that are coming up we have in the works right now. We're going to be interviewing a couple of the listeners of the podcast. Uh, we've got a couple lined up. We're going to do a phone interview with them. And if you're interested in doing a phone interview and telling your story on the podcast, write me at admin at famousapple.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at famousapple.com. In the subject matter, put interview. And just give us some information. Tell us what your disability is and how long you've been disabled. We're not going to turn anyone away. We just want some information that we can work with, with you. And we'll get in contact with you. And we'll set, up a, we'll set up an appointment at your convenience. And we'll put you on the podcast. We'll make you a star. <laughs> Hey, listen, thank you very much for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. And please continue to keep those victims of the terrorist attack in New Zealand in your thoughts and in your prayers. And I want to remind you of one thing. No matter what, things can always be worse. That's right. Right now, there's somebody, somebody out there somewhere that's striving to be exactly where you are right now. So things can always be worse. Remember that. Okay, my friends, thanks again for stopping by. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. I will talk to you the early part of next week. Have a great weekend, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.